Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And it is fantastic to be with every single one of you today to worship and celebrate the risen Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Happy Easter to all of you. If you would, uh, raise your hand if you've been a student at some point or another in your life. If you've been, you can, really, come on, like raise your hand. You've been a student, yeah. There's a few people not listening. Lots of students, right? Every single one of us really has been in a student posture at one time or another in our lives. Lots of people even still are in the student posture. We like to think about being a lifelong learner around here, which is a great place to be. Lots of us would raise our hands and say, I'm a lifelong learner. And we've all been there. And because we've all been there, you know really, really well the school deal, right? You know how near the end of a very long semester or even during a long class that just sort of drones on and on and on, you as a student as well as all of the other students around you, you start to get really bored and really restless, right? Especially with weather like today and imagine if you were cooped up in a classroom and you're looking outside sort of longingly like, oh, I just want to be out there, right? You're on information overload and the teacher's just up at the front of the room, the professor, like a coffee grinder, just grinding on and on, right? You've all felt this. You know this well. And in the midst of the teacher or the professor droning on and on and on, something begins to happen, a question begins to take shape inside the minds of nearly every single student sitting in that classroom. I'm here to tell you today that teachers hate this question. Professors in particular loathe, strong word, but they loathe this question. But it's the most common question any teacher, any professor ever hears from any of their students. Now sometimes a student will be bold and brave, raise their hand, and voice the question out loud, but most of the time, most students are just way too freaked out to ever ask this question. Do you know what this question is? Is this going, I heard it, is this going to be on the final, right? Is this going to be on the test? It's every student's burning question, and it's rooted deep down in their wondering, do I actually have to know this, or are you just up there grinding on and on and on and on and on because you like hearing the sound of your own voice? Can I put my pen down? Can I stop typing notes? Can I just let this slide right by me, or do I really have to know the most common question a student ever asks? Now, who are your very favorite teachers and professors? They're the ones who tell you what's going to be on the test, right? They're your favorites, and they're great, right? The great teachers and the great professors always tell you, look, this is peripheral, this is sort of extra credit stuff, and this you absolutely have to know. Now, I'm not great, but I am going to tell you that every single thing we're going to talk about for the next few minutes is absolutely on the final. Every single thing. We've even neatly summarized it in this little pithy statement. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead to forgive us of our sins. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead to forgive us of our sins. That's exactly why we're here today celebrating Easter, celebrating the rising of Jesus from the dead because his rising makes our forgiveness possible. His rising makes our forgiveness possible. I want to start with something that one of the most notable Christians of all time wrote. His name is Paul, one of the most prolific biblical writers in all of history, and here's what he writes, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. Paul says, I passed on to you what was most important, right? 
I passed on to you all of the final exam stuff. Nothing peripheral here, no fluff here. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. And here's what it is. Christ died for our sins. That's what Friday is all about, right? Good Friday, that's what it's all about. Just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day. That's what today is all about. Just as the scriptures said. All of that is final exam stuff. Paul's passing along. He's teaching to us the keystone elements of everything that it is to have faith in Jesus Christ. Everything that it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Everything it is to be a Christian. And Paul says the first keystone element of Christianity is that God himself in the form of a man, Jesus Christ, God with skin on, if you want to think about it like that, he came to earth and he didn't, understand this, he didn't just come to earth to die. Lots of people think, well, Jesus just came to earth to die. That was part of his mission, absolutely. But the other part of his mission was for Jesus to show us what life looks like when we live it his way. Jesus shows us everything that it is for us to bring the kingdom of God here on earth just as it is in heaven. And so Jesus Christ, God with skin on, came to earth to show us what it is to live life his way and then he went to a cross and on that day he died the death that we all should have died. He died the death that we all deserve. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for our sins. And he died because this world has been all messed up. Your and my choices have actually played a role in this world being all messed up. And our choices, therefore, have subjected us to the penalty of our sin. And biblical writers talk a lot about what the penalty of our sin, and they say, biblical writers say, that the result of our sin is death. The result of our sin is death. Sin brings to us physical death. That is not, by the way, what we were made for. Sin also brings spiritual death. Sin also brings relational death, and that's precisely every single thing that Jesus took upon himself on Good Friday on the cross. That's why he had to die, for our sins. To make a way between where we are over here and where God is so that anybody who so desires can live in relationship with God. Anybody who so desires can know beyond the shadow of any doubt that they're square with God. Anybody who so desires can live life the way God intends life to be lived. Anybody who so desires can be assured of being with God forever someday. Whoa. A guy named Reuben Torrey who's one of the great preachers of the 19th century he tells a very powerful story that illustrates just what it was that Jesus did for us. Tory, in his day, 19th century day, was part of a mountain climbing team. He and his team were out climbing one day, and they were watching another climbing team on an adjacent mountain, five guys all climbing together, all tied in together, and he watched from his vantage point as the last climber on that other team lost his footing and fell. When all the slack was out of the rope, his weight pulled the next guy off the mountain. Those two guys' weight combined pulled the next guy off of the mountain. And you see what's happening here. Dominoes are falling, except for they're not dominoes, they're human beings. And they're plunging through space. Four now out of five guys are hurtling toward the ground as good as 
dead. It was only a matter of time until the guy who was left on the mountain, the fifth guy, was he himself going to be torn off of that mountain. Whoa. But something amazing happened, and Tori watched it all unfold. The last guy on the mountain, he saw everything that was coming and he realized everything that he was going to have to do. So as Tori tells it, watching from his vantage point, 19th century, he watches this guy with all of his strength take his axe and with an enormous swing, he plunged it as deeply into the mountain as he possibly could. He held on to that axe tighter than he knew that he could hold on. He knew, see, what was coming. And finally, Tori says, it did. This horrible, violent, sickening snap. And at that moment, that man, the lone climber left on the mountain, was pulled by the weight of all four of his climbing partners, and he held on. He held on. He stayed right there. The rope, as you would imagine, constricted around him. The rope actually began to strangle him. The rope was cutting into him. He was bleeding, ribs snapping, one by one by one, and he held on. In tremendous pain, miraculously even, with all of his might, with all of his power, he inch by inch by inch began to pull himself and his four climbing partners up that mountain, every bit of their lostness bearing down on him. One man bearing four guys' lack of footing, every ounce of their weight borne by, he bore it all. And he was ripped and he was strangled, and he was snapped, and he was crushed, and yet he still pulled and pulled and pulled, and every single one of those guys got their footing. And Tori was sitting in his spot, and he could not believe what he had just seen. All five of those guys had been saved. And he went home in stunned amazement and he held up the experience of what he had seen that day up against the story of God and the story of humanity and he said, you know what? Adam was just like that first climber. Our first, humanity's first ancestor, Adam, fell, the Bible tells us. Adam sinned and we inherited all our sin from him. That means you can never go blaming your parents for the sin nature that you inherited from them because they got theirs from their parents and they got theirs from their, you see how this works, all the way back to Adam. Adam pulled every single one of us down and there was only one guy left. A guy named Jesus Christ, the one and only son of God, who decided, decided that he would die to save the rest of humanity from their fallenness. He did that for you and he did that for me, all because he loves us that much. He took that because he loves you that much. God himself in the person of Jesus Christ came to earth to show us what it is to live life his way. He goes to a cross, he dies the death that we all should have died, the death we deserved. Final exam stuff. The second key element of Christianity is this. On the third day, Jesus was raised from the dead. He didn't stay dead. 
Every single thing changed on that first Easter morning where everybody expected to see death. There wasn't any death there. And that changes everything, doesn't it? They saw life where they were only expecting to see death. And any time that happens, that shakes people up, doesn't it? Where you see life where you're expecting to see death, that like shakes us up or it should shake us up. I heard a story the other day about a guy who works for a Christian denomination in the state of Minnesota. This guy's sole job was to travel around rural communities all over the state of Minnesota where they don't have churches and perform funerals. Wow, how'd you like that to be your job? Many days he would go out on those trips with a funeral director driving in the funeral director's hearse. One day this pastor guy and this funeral director guy, they're on their way back from a funeral. The preacher guy's sitting in the passenger seat of the car. He gets really, really tired. It's been a long, arduous day. He did a couple of funerals on that day. And so he decides he's just gonna take a nap. The passenger seat isn't all that comfortable, so he looks over his shoulder. There's nothing going on in the back of the hearse back there, nothing back there. So he says, well, I'll just lie down there in the back of the hearse. Spacious, lots of room. I can stretch out back there. I can take a really good nap in the back of this hearse. It's creepy, I know, but it actually happened. This is a true story. So preacher guys laying in the back of the hearse, sawing logs, funeral director guys driving the car. He pulls into a gas station. Why? He's low on gas. Now this was back in the day when every service station in America was attended, right? And so here comes the service station attendant guy and he puts the gas hose into the car and starts fueling the hearse and he's standing there at the fuel tank and well there's a window and he can see in and well like there's this dead body. And he's perplexed because you know he's thinking I thought they used like body bags or caskets or something but well there's just a dead guy laying back there sprawled out in the back and he's freaked out. This is weird. Filling station guy this doesn't happen to him. And so there he is, he's filling the tank, and preacher guy, he wakes up. And he opens his eyes and he presses his face against the window and he waves at filling station guy. Preacher guy says, I have never seen a human being run that fast in my entire life. Ever. And it's just true, seeing life where you're expecting to see death, that like shakes us up. It sends us running, doesn't it? Should send us running, which is why today on Easter, we celebrate that death doesn't get the last word. Jesus lives. And following Jesus for you and I isn't just about adhering our lives to this big set of rules. Following Jesus for you and I today is about a relationship with a real human being, a real person, the risen Son of God, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And see, this resurrection deal is so crux to the Christian faith that Paul puts it like this, 1 Corinthians 15. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins final exam stuff. If Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. You're still guilty of your sins. Forgiveness, see, of our sins takes more than just Jesus dying on the cross on Friday. It's both his death and his resurrection that are needed in order for God to forgive sinners. 
us. And every single one of us are sinners in need, desperate need of God's forgiveness. Jesus died and Jesus rose from the dead to make the forgiveness of our sins possible. No matter how deep, no matter how dark, no matter how big, no matter how small, Jesus died and Jesus rose from the dead to forgive every single one of them, all of them, wiped away, slate clean, white as snow, brand new life in Jesus Christ. And Paul, the great apostle of God, says, look, no fluff here, nothing peripheral here. Pick up your pens and write this final exam stuff, he says. Jesus died for all of us. He loves you so much that he died on the cross. He took upon himself the death that we deserve, but that's not all. They buried him in the ground, and on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. He conquered death, hell, and the grave, and both of those things marry up together. Jesus dying for our sin, Jesus rising from the grave, and they marry up in such a way that it's possible for you and I, it is possible for you and I to stand before the almighty, sovereign, supreme, perfect, holy, righteous God of the universe, spotless, sinless, without fault, forgiven. It's possible for us to stand before almighty God, forgiven, not because of a single thing that we've done, not because we're good enough and not because we worked hard enough and not because we gave enough money and not because we were religious enough, not because we attended church enough, not even because we were nice enough. Because after all, if you have to be nice to get into heaven, how in the world do you know if you've been nice enough? We're able to stand before God spotless and without fault. We're able to stand before God forgiven only because of everything that Jesus did. He died and he rose from the dead and today he lives he lives. Could I ask you to move into a posture of prayer and listening to God, if you would, please? Just close your eyes and bow your heads right where you're at, if you would. And with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, what's true is that God's forgiveness deal isn't just for a few select folks, some elite group of people somewhere. Those people or those people or those people. God's forgiving, saving faith is available to every single person on planet Earth. And even now, Jesus is inviting you into his forgiveness, into his salvation, into his resurrection life that was only made possible by his death and by his burial and by his rising. Jesus is inviting you to salvation and forgiveness from your sin once and for all. He's inviting you into the mission that he created you for. At the end of the day, really, God's inviting you to come home. Come home. And maybe if God's been working in your heart that way today, you can take that very bold step of trusting him with your whole heart, your whole life by praying along with me right now. I invite you to pray with me if that's what God's been doing in you, if that's the desire of your heart today. Just say this, Jesus, I get it. I am 
a sinner. I've messed up more than I can even remember. And for most of my life, I've been working this self-improvement plan. I've been trying to prove to you, God, that I'm good enough to please you, that I'm good enough to get into heaven. And today I'm awakening to the reality that that will never work. I can't do that. I need you, Jesus. I need your salvation. And so Jesus, with all the faith I can muster right here, right now, today, I trust you as Savior and Lord of my life. And I thank you from the depths of my being for sending Jesus, your one and only Son, God, to walk the earth and show me what it looks like to live life your way. And I thank you, Jesus, from the depths of my being that Jesus took my place on that cruel cross, paid my penalty. And then, God, I thank you so much that Jesus didn't stay dead, that he rose. By your power, God, he rose. Thank you, Jesus, for all of that. Here's my life, all of me, every last corner and crevice of my heart and life is yours. I'm yours. And if you're a person who's stepping into the saving, forgiving faith of Jesus Christ today, I'm here to tell you that that is the biggest decision of your whole life. It's the hinge decision on which swings everything else from here on out. And it's such a big deal that around here we like to acknowledge we like to affirm with you your decision to follow Jesus Christ today. And this is a private, personal moment. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. This is you, me, and God looking around this room right now. If you took the step of saving faith in Jesus Christ today, would you just be really bold right now and would you just slip your hand up and would you lock eyes with me right now? Just let me affirm your decision with you right now. And slip your hand up, yes sir, and yes ma'am, and yes, and yes. Yes, yes. Just make sure I catch your eye in the back, both of you in the back, yes, absolutely. And here in the front, absolutely, yes. And to my right, yes, yes, I see, yes, absolutely. And in the back as well, both of you back, yeah. Way to go, way to go. And you too, yes. And there, yes, absolutely. All three of you back there, yes. And here, and here, yes. here yeah absolutely yes sir yeah way to go and you too and you too yes absolutely yes both of you here yes sir absolutely yes and there yeah you and you way to go and you in the back. And here, yeah, both of you, yes, absolutely. Way to go. And there, yes. Oh God, we stand in utter amazement 
at the truth that you sent, you gave up at such great cost to yourself, your one and only son. You turned him over to humanity. And we did the worst things possible to him. And in the midst of that, he willingly gave up his life so that we might know you, God. And we just revel in that. And our hearts rise in gratitude to you, God, for a gift such as that. We could never repay it. All we can do is be your grateful recipients, your very, very grateful sons and daughters adopted into your family. Thank you, God, for bringing us home. And thank you, Jesus, so much for these today who have come home to you. I pray that your presence and your power in their lives would be tangible. That this wouldn't just be a, yes, I raised my hand in that Easter experience in 2013, but that this would be life-altering, that the trajectory of these lives would be changed. That you would begin speaking into their hearts and into their lives right now, leading them, guiding them. Calling them to this unbelievable mission that you made every single one of us for. Set us on that mission. And here's our pledge, Jesus. As a community, we're never gonna degrade Jesus' death, his burial, or his resurrection. We're never gonna forget about it. We're never gonna marginalize it. We're gonna keep it front and center in our lives from here on out. And we're gonna go and we're gonna tell we're going to go and we're going to share this final exam stuff that you died and that you rose and that forgiveness is possible because you died and because you rose. Send us on that mission with boldness and with strength and with humility and with the power of God at work and alive in us. We love you and we worship you. You are the best, God.